0: Hi, Kyle! Hi, Jer. Hello, everyone! How are you today? It's... We, we've, uh, this is our first stream back on a normal day in a while. It's been a bit! We've had... we had other events, and then we had technical difficulties. But we're back. We're drawlin', we're chatting. This is how to draw without dying. This is, uh, where we're gonna... we're gonna talk about how to... How to make art in the modern world and and enjoy it and also enjoy other people's art. You know, when you got a busy life and a busy modern, you know, work and all that job stuff because it's hard. It is. I'm Jer. Very I'm uh... a. <laughs> let you breathe. I'm Jer. I'm a. I'm a full-time software engineer. Has been drawing comics since I was seven. And I am Kyle.
1: I am a full-time writer and artist with a flair for the melancholy. Perfect.
0: It's perfect. It's perfect. I love it. I love it a lot. It's I, perfect. I like it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, today. The topic is tra- chasing trends. Kyle, have you ever chased a trend? <sighs> sort of? Because, um, so i have got to think actually broadly on this one. We're going to talk about chasing trends when you're an artist and, and, you know, going with what's popular and what's getting likes and clicks and all that. But uh, I've been really bad about chasing trends in my life in that sometimes I didn't chase good ones. Like, for instance i as a as a child, thought teenage mutant ninja turtles looked stupid, and I didn't like it arbitrarily, having never seen any of it, and being quite small, I said, That's dumb, this is dumb, I hate it, and it's dumb I was wrong, and it took me many years to realize, oh shit, the turtles are actually dope somehow this really surprises me it does, doesn't it? It's kind of weird. Um, that, that was a weird one. Uh, Pokemon is another one. I love Pokemon. I just didn't get on that bandwagon when it was new. I was at the, I was at the right age. All my friends were doing it. I should have got it. I was, no, I got other games. I'm good. As I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't sound like my kind of thing. I'm not really interested in it. And just didn't, just, like, I was right there at the time that it was brand new. Had the, had the, uh, the, 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 it was GB, uh, Game Boy Color, I think. Sounds right. Yep. Did, nah. Yep, yeah, just didn't. Just, just, nah, I, I don't wanna. So, chasing trends is sometimes the right thing to do.
2: <laughs> I
1: think, I do think people look at that phrase a bit too narrowly. That is to say, like, chasing a trend being doing mm-hmm. the hot new thing.
2: Whereas, I more think of it as. F- follow the money to a certain extent
1: and i also think step one you need to like what you're doing if you're not enjoying the art that you make it doesn't matter how trendy it is people will know and people won't care and getting people to care is hard enough to begin with
0: it's pretty tough
1: there's also a simple truth that it's historically better to be the one setting the trend than following it. Yeah, but very few people actually get to, get
0: to pull that trick off. True. The ones that do kill it. Like, say, Eastman and Laird, creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They kind of set a trend. <laughs> that is to say, uh,
1: I, I I generally say think of the project you want to make first, and then thinking
0: what trends apply to it, knows. and how you can use those to your advantage. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I want to start with the definition. So what, what do we mean when we say chasing trends? What, what, is it, what, what, trends, do, what trends do artists chase? What are, what, are you, what are we talking about tonight? I guess I'd think of, I mean, to a certain extent, whatever's, quote, trending
1: on social media, to a degree, uh, whatever. I'll be honest, I, I don't really know how to define it aside from itself. Uh, do, do you have any... Uh,
0: insight i got a little so there's different ways that uh one can chase trends and chase trends and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the trends that i've seen in my life and and the choices i had to uh to chase them or not um when i i'm a comic book artist i i make comics i draw them and i write them and so you know, looking at what trends there are in comic books and web comics is is the thing that is around me uh, to consider. So what? First of all, there's the the big boys. What are the big boys doing? One of my very first I think it might have actually been my first how to draw book was drawing comics the Marvel way. And that had some information in it, but it also was guided towards doing it the way the big boys do it. The, uh, one, sp- one particular specific big boy. So that's one way that, that uh, Chasing Trends is like, who, who's popular now? What are they doing? Who's getting the big bucks? Mm-hmm. Then there's what's fresh and new and rising. A big moment in my life was when the internet was uh, created, and, and it seemed to be a cool new way to share art. And... I loved early webcomics and that was a decision I needed to make. Do I want to go the way that it was before and make comic books or do I want to go the way that it is becoming and make webcomics? Spoiler alert. I did both. (laughs) And then two other things that I have in mind. The next is what visually other people are doing. Is anime hot right now? Is Marvel hot right now? Are waifus hot right now? Or is it squid kids? Or is it mutant turtles? What, what, is, what are people looking at or looking for? What is trending on the social medias? What is everybody talking about? That's a more uh, transient trend to follow. And then the last is what will reward you or what is what will reward you or is is like the the most rewarding tactics and and advertising systems and and algorithm chasing right now so those are my four does that make sense a little bit the thing i i think of is a conversation we've
1: had a lot which is tiktok and should we do it
0: (laughs) <laughs> Jumping to number three. Oh, number four. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Sh- okay. Yeah. How about How about a quick yes or no? Should we do TikTok, Kyle? What do you think? I think we should do TikTok if we have a project that calls for TikTok that we want to do. That sounds good. Uh, let's talk about TikTok.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: TikTok is hot. Hot fucking news. It's fucking great. Everyone loves it. Uh, It is. People are using it. It's a cool communication tool. It's hot with memes. Dank with memes, one might say. And uh, a number of my Twitch friends are getting some great attention on it.
1: It's also, uh, as as far as I'm aware, it is also
0: full of spyware. (laughs) It is dripping with spyware. So I have not installed the app mm-hmm. um, and I have made two posts on TikTok ever. Both were edited moments from this very show. Hmm. Didn't really. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. They, they did just fine. They had some uh, they had some traction and uh, and some likes and people saw them and liked them. So that's really cool. I am here on Twitch right now. We got into Twitch when uh, when COVID hit and we wanted to keep hanging out, but didn't want to be in person because of the germs. So we all started doing uh, the drink and draw on Tuesdays. And that's how we got here. That's why that's why we're here. Um, and I love Twitch because it clicked with me. It's, it's a thing that I just like, oh, this thing makes sense to my brain and the people are nice and they're my vibe and I like them. And so, sort of the ins and outs and the ways of Twitch really just kind of opened up to me, and I just came to love it. That didn't happen with TikTok. But, a Twitch friend of ours by the name of Cyberpunk, he has clicked with it. He gets it very well, and... Part of it is like he uh, will he'll just j- browse TikTok and and look at the memes and, and, and flip through them and enjoy what's going on. And so he's actually much more in touch with like, oh, hey, this gag is funny this week. That gag is funny that week. And then he'll quickly make I'm going to use a pejorative. Because it seems to be the correct vocabulary word for the correct way to use TikTok based on my conversations with this uh, Internet acquaintance of ours. Um, shit posts
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because TikTok is primarily for shit posts and shit posting and shit posters, it is meant for you to make dumb jokes immediately, rapidly, and for those dumb jokes to fly by people. That doesn't click with either me or Kyle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, like,
1: I've had an idea of what I want to do <laughs> for TikTok, and that is uh a little brief snappy animations of my punchline is death comic but making those would be a lot of work for unclear benefit and every once in a while i take a couple steps towards making those but it's gonna be a while before i get to it and i'm not too fussed because i i certainly don't think it's it specifically isn't killing any of the other platforms i'm more interested in yeah Uh, And if it does kill any of them, it's because they're trying to be like TikTok
0: too much. (laughs) That that is happening. I'll talk about that in a second. I similarly just haven't enjoyed TikTok. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no interest in in installing the the app onto my telephone. Uh, I use it through a a web browser. And um, interestingly, did you know you can't change your password through the browser app, you can only do it through the uh, through the app that you download onto your phone. It is very weird, and it's interesting that uh, that when there was a big uh, breach a, a few weeks ago, at least allegedly, uh, and people were saying, eh, you might want to just change your password on TikTok right now, just in case, and I was like, hmm, that seems like a good idea, even whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, it's allegedly... But uh, I think I will change my password on TikTok and I couldn't at all in any way. So uh, but what I could do was delete my account. <laughs> so I did that instead. Mm-hmm. Did I make the right choice? I'm not sure yet. I'm thinking about it because I did have, you know, my handle on on the main platform and maybe I don't want to delete it. So I've got about a month from the t- moment I push the button to make that decision. <sighs> There's value in TikTok if it clicks with you. There's value in the new algorithm and the new trend if it clicks with you. If it's killing you, <laughs> if, if you don't understand it and, and you're just like, this is not for me, it's fine to let that one slide because you will drag yourself into the dirt, making, you know, uh, uh, lining up to, to, to abide by this new platform that you don't enjoy. I think with as many platforms as we've got, and we've already seen platforms come and go and new ones be invented, TikTok is a new is the newest one. And so, of course, it's the hottest one because it's, it's, it's rising. Something else will come out. Some, someone else will do something new and cool, and that one might be the one that you click with. I suggest finding those, those platforms that you, that you vibe with and enjoy and put more energy into those.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so in
1: my case when i think of chasing trends what i would suggest you do is when you you make the thing that you want to make how what can you do to get the most out of it so like i want to do those punchlines death shorts either way mm-hmm. and thus when i do do them i am going to post them to tiktok i am going to post them to youtube shorts so i'll put them wherever i can that's sort of like and I, I think this can be done on, like, a grander scale, like uh, how someone chooses to post their webcomic, for example. Regularity these days definitely does help. So I tend to, like, benefit, like, when you're releasing it to the public, my thought is it's better to have things done and release them regularly to keep people coming back rather than uh, dumping it all at once uh, or uh, just putting them up as they go. mm and that just sort of leads to my idea of, like, you're making the thing you want to make. Give it the legs to succeed. I also think it's... Uh, especially... I, I am myself born as a bit of a hipster. And so I do <laughs> generally... Like, my, my natural instinct is to feel repulsed by anything that is... Like, the, by the thing that is most popular. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I wish to stay... Indie. I don't need. I don't particularly feel the need to chase those trends. I just need to grow. I, I need to grow a little bit consistently. I don't need to grow a lot of it, just a little bit. But I don't think straight up, like, fighting a thing just because it's currently popular is good for me either. That's why, I, like, I, I don't want to be alright hostile to trends. But I do
0: want to caution against being a slave to them i like that summary um there's uh a fella i've mentioned uh several times because it's one of my favorite uh junk food medias uh a fellow by the name of woolly madden uh formerly of the super best friends currently his channel is called woolly versus he recently started a project and it's been doing really well for him uh and he he entitled the project woolly versus the Algorithm." And so he has been making YouTube content for over a decade. Uh, also creates a podcast, crea- uh, streams video games and uh, and react shows and that that such. He's been doing this for a very long time and is very in touch with, you know, what's what is trending and what the algorithm is going to reward you for. And realize that right now at this moment in history on uh September 15th, 2022. It's uh YouTube is very eager to do the same thing TikTok does and do it its own way. And so it is heavily rewarding anyone that uses their what is it it's the 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 clips or the shorts.
1: Yeah, YouTube shorts.
0: Yeah. Uh it's heavily rewarding anyone that uses those features. And so Woolly, whose job it is to make make media that is discoverable and has a very, very large library of media to discover, was finding that like people aren't really seeing his stuff very much on YouTube. So uh, and this is something you taught me. I haven't started putting my stuff on YouTube. It's, it's on my to do list. You don't want to mix. Uh, one thing that YouTube hates is when you have more than one type of media on a channel. Mm-hmm. So he created a second channel or an additional channel called Wooly versus the Algorithm, and that is specifically his short media. He is, uh, I would, I would describe his overall reaction to how well it's doing as flabbergasted. <laughs> He's like, it's, it is, it was, it's doing astronomically well. Um, his his co-host uh, 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 Pat Bo- Boivon... Quivain, um said he got a recommendation for one of Woolley's uh, videos for the first time ever. <laughs> and they've been working together for almost 15 years. So there's some value there. Uh, what his primary channel is, is basically half hour episodes of Let's Plays and other, you know, created content. Mm-hmm. And so what he's putting onto that other one is lots of short stuff because that's what YouTube wants right now. And that is a very measured and calculated chasing of a trend that what, what I feel like he did right is number one, he had that he had clips and shorts that come from his, his streams, uh, you know, less than a minute, up to a minute shorts that, um, that he had a, a, a large collection of already so he didn't have to really create something new all he had to do was put it in a new place and that so so he wasn't generating new work he was using media that he already that already existed second of all it was something that he enjoys doing he likes the quick jokes and short bits and and little little less than a minute uh funny moments so he wasn't killing himself to go and 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 create this this algorithm based channel. Mm-hmm. Those two guys also have been very resistant to to changing trends. For example, did not stream Fortnite until the game was about seven years old,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and were like, uh, I think like one of their nephews was like, "Oh, are you going to stream some Fortnite?" Absolutely not. They were very firm on only only playing, you know, making content out of the video games they actually enjoy. And, and Fortnite makes them barf a little. Uh, but when they did, when, I think they did one or two streams of Fortnite, and, uh, and they, it was when they, they decided they were actually interested in it, and the reason why was because it, they wanted to know what a video game with that high of a production budget even feels like. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it feels great. So, they're very successful. Uh, let's say this is their full-time job. And, uh, and I think like they... Like, I. Look to them on like how to like, how to pick and choose the trends you follow, which is why I tell this story about them.
1: In my case, well, like I do um, similarly, I guess I think it's important to look at content creators you like and, and people who make what you like, mm-hmm. particularly ones that do have a big following and see what they're doing that you're not. Unfortunately, it's TikTok. God damn it. <laughs> nah, no, 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 no.
0: That's a joke, don't worry. I mean it it not
1: always that's not always the thing. Um I I remember like when I was first trying to get into YouTube and actually like I'm kind of stunted on on doing YouTube. Uh I I was talking to a lot of people I know and just my general um audience and whatnot and asking like okay, should I do two different channels for gaming and art or should I just do it all in one? And I noticed that a lot of the people on the ground level and my general followers were like, do it one, you know, like, don't split your branding, that sort of thing. But then I started looking at literally every YouTuber I follow that I like that has any following at all. And it's all diversified. All of them have at least one other channel. And Uh, then you did the
0: research on the algorithm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Doik Swift has three. I think it's uh, it's for for finished art, uh, stuff from their streams and games. Mm hmm. And uh, that's an example of like, okay, if I'm going to do
1: content, I should give it what it needs to succeed, which means doing a whole bunch of YouTube channels, which is a lot of work and hard for me to, again, work up the the guts to do for such limited return.
0: Yeah, I am thinking of like I'm not thinking about TikTok, but I am legitimately thinking about YouTube Shorts, because we also have a large collection of, of funny little moments and, and, and clips and stuff that could, mm-hmm. could fit into a Clips channel just, just fine. I don't have a lot of bandwidth for additional projects, which is a shame because I would love to do all this. Let's talk about, let's talk about what art is popular right now. Uh, Kyle, have you ever had to... Have you ever looked at, like, what other people were doing or what was what was hot at the moment and, and wished you were like that? Sort of.
1: Now, like, at risk of starting a huge conversation on isekais again, isekais are very popular. They make lots of money. But I've never really... Like, that. that's an example of, like, I would have to create a new project to fit within the, those confines. But stuff like... Uh, I can see how much... Indie video games that are first time devs like a a decent pitch for an indie video game can make lots of money on Kickstarter, which is paying those people to make the game and yeah, I'd say that uh uh video games are a bit less reliable than comics uh but the i, I don't like a return for investment, but like since I know I'm good at making a project, I kind of wish I had one of those to to, <laughs> to you know maybe fund me a year. <laughs> So that kind of thing, like I, I think of I, I think of the trends as in in the terms of genre or not genre uh, in terms of the structure of how I make something rather than what I make. I, I, I don't like being told what to make, frankly. That's why I don't actually do a lot of like video game suggestions like sometimes like I, I don't mind my audience telling me what they'd like me to see. But like. It, every time I've actually just straight up asked the question, I find myself being like, but I don't want to play that game. I want to play this game.
0: Yes. Visually, I think you and I are both children of our influences. Mm-hmm. You've shown me, uh, especially D. Man, of, of all the mangas like that or manga that you have shown me. Like, I see I see D. Grayman in your in your work a lot. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. But <laughs> well, yeah, also you're drawing barf tonight And I just want to call attention to that Because it's just been, this. There's, there's just been like lady barfing Like this whole night <laughs> Yep, and yesterday
2: <laughs>
0: And that's an influence from Chainsaw Man <laughs> Yeah <laughs> It's just the panel Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. bad stuff's happened to Road But yeah, a slight aside there My biggest visual influence Uh, anime is definitely on there It It is on the list But, um, th- one of the things that really influenced me more than that was newspaper comics. Cause I grew up reading them with my dad and it was just kind of like mm-hmm. big childhood nostalgia bonding experience. Like, like newspaper comics are very important to me, even though I don't read any anymore. I don't even really like them anymore. They really got me started in this. I'm going to go back to, uh, drawing comics, the Marvel way. When I got that book, Something about it, I didn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to explain it until years later. But like, it didn't feel right. It, it didn't feel like, well, it, the, the lessons that it's teaching me just like, this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to do this. And the lessons in that book were how to lay out the panels of a, of a, of a superhero comic, how to, um, how to create heroic-looking characters, the number of heads that a body should be, uh, these these sort of things, and and they and like I I didn't like it, but I was reading this book, one of the first how to draw books I ever had, and I was like, well, I don't feel like what it's telling me is wrong, but I don't like it, so like later. You know, other things would influence me a little bit more. I would discover anime, you know, and manga much, many years after that. And, uh, and obviously, like, like, newspaper comics are more important to me than, than superhero comics. So, so I just like that book, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, wasn't, just didn't, it completely failed to click with me. It completely failed to be like, yeah, no, this is not the trend I want to chase. Uh, and then other trends would come along, I really resonated with, with manga and anime, uh, I really resonated with web comics as they started like, being easy to consume, and, and that led me to like, open the door to the whole world of indie comics, where I, where I found my home and planted my roots. In the, uh, visual, lang- the visual language of comics by Neil Cohn, uh, Dr. Neil Cohn, interesting, interesting guy. Uh he talks about the way that superhero comics, the like the, the the visual elements of of superhero comics, and and the criticism that they get, primarily that this is not what people look like. Mans do not have such ch- such chisel muscles. Womans do not have the the all, uh, always walking on the tips of their toes. Uh, like, do kung fu and high heels tight around their boobs and ass spandex. That's not what man's and woman's look like at all. Well, it's not supposed to. They're supposed to be super. They're supposed to be statuesque, outlandish. They're a caricature. And that's fine because that's the right way to draw for that medium. That's the right way to create these superheroic mythological characters and create these hero stories of of these beautiful people in in beautiful outfits punching each other beautifully like JoJo's. And that kind of like I I had animosity towards superhero comics for a long time because I just simply didn't enjoy them. I didn't really like the art style and they and the 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 stories just kind of bored me whereas <laughs> As opposed to everyone else that I was like talking about comics with at the time, it's like, no, but that's everything though. And Dragon Ball. So it took me a while to like step back and appreciate this that even though there's this trend that is the thing to do, everyone loves superheroes and everything is about superheroes, it wasn't for me. And my trend would come later.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I uh, this is somewhat related. I guess, but uh, when I first started publishing O'TL online, I think I started on Tapas before I really made my own website. But I had it listed as like an adventure comic or a fantasy comic or something like that, which I
0: I love the I love the story.
1: Yeah, I I didn't know what else to call it. It's a weird comic, right? But a couple people told me it was a horror, and I'm like, okay, I'll try putting it as horror, and my views skyrocketed immediately. Um and that's when I realized that fantasy and adventure are really overserved underview genres whereas horror is a really underserved overview genre and I'm like oh I think I'm a horror now of course yeah. I look back at the story and I was always a horror I just didn't really know what horror was for a long time but uh to a certain extent that was trend chasing I guess uh I I was following the money um yeah. I just, I think it was the right decision, because it was also based on the project that I was making, one way or another. Like, OTL was always going to be OTL. I, I, I think, like, chapter four, I think I'm leaning more into the horror aspect more
0: intentionally than I did in one through three. But uh you're you are literally drawing a lady barfing while there's corpses behind her right now. So, yeah, big horror. Yep.
1: Yeah, but... I'm doing it because I want to, and I think it's best for the story. Not not to. Uh,
0: yes. Not because I think it'll give me more views. And yeah, the, the kind of the takeaway I'm getting from this conversation is maybe it, you, chasing trends isn't isn't the worst. It's not a it's not a horrible thing to do. But there's trends that are for you, and there may and there are trends that are not for you, and don't kill yourself chasing the trend that you have in front of you a, a different one may come Pro- that certainly can't happen to both of us
2: mm-hmm.
0: i guess like when we get to closing statements that's why i think we're gonna wrap up on that one let's talk about publication methods when i was a kid and starting to love comics i had two options uh, become a syndicated artist uh, who making a comic strip for the newspaper, or become a superhero artist making comics for the big the big publishers. Indie was there, but it was not visible to me. I could not see it, and I told the story earlier about how I bounced off of um, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Pokemon. I'm sorry, Chinese Zubats for that. I I, I later <laughs> loved Pokemon. I love Pokemon a lot. You know that. But yeah, I bounced off of it because I didn't understand it. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was dumb and I was a shitty little kid. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because it was the first great indie title. Indie titles were there. There were there were pulp and and underground comics. In fact, like when you think about like original uh like like Detective Comics. So you know, Golden. I remember. I never remember which one's Golden Age and which one's Silver Age. Like the very first comic books were very pulpy and just like, hey, yeah, just crank this out. Let's see who buys it. And like comics as an institution wouldn't come until like two crashes later. That now we've got these galvanized characters, and and intellectual properties. So they started as as little little pulp things you get for fun and cheap and easy. And it was it was there waiting for me and it it was yet to explode. And when it did, I was like, yes, this this is my home.
1: In my case, well, when I was in college, I always thought I'd write novels Mm -hmm. Uh, and I looked really into how to officially publish a novel and how to do that through the industry. But uh, when I had the idea for a comic I wanted to draw I started looking into that industry, saw it was a completely different beast, and said, nope, I'll just go the indie route. I'll just make the comic, put it up. If someone likes it, great. If not, whatever. And I uh,
0: have just become increasingly anti-industry ever since. (laughs) Which I appreciate. Let me throw some words out there that... uh, uh, Let's see. Um, You mentioned Tapas. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it's Webtoon. Uh, There are tools and, and platforms even through which you know you can one can publish a comic book or a, a web comic mm-hmm. those are which. Uh, oh yeah go ahead
1: i just like to i i in case it was unclear uh, tapas and webtoon are two different things that are just very similar
0: yeah oh uh, no yeah 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 but go on no that's i just wanted to put put those out that's that's what i'm talking about in, in when i say uh, publication methods
2: mm-hmm.
1: on that note um and Sorry, I might have gotten a little floof brain here. But uh, in the case of Tapas and Webtoon, and I think we've probably mentioned our thoughts on this
0: uh, before. And will again. Yeah,
1: they, that's where the viewers are. However, they very much, if you want to get the most out of it, you need to format your comic a very certain way that is very antithetical to printing your comic. Um, I do intend on eventually getting some years up for Tapas and Webtoon. At least for OTL. At least for Webtoon, anyways. But I'm not going to change anything about my comic for it. I might move some panels around, but I I can't let myself put too much work into it, otherwise the comic will never get done, and print form is the ideal form of reading, OTL, to begin with. So, yeah. That might hurt my viewership on Tapas, but I'm not too concerned with getting billions of viewers. I want a few hundred viewers that really like me.
0: I make websites professionally uh my i'm a web technologies engineer uh especially uh good with with uh with user interface because i work with designers well for some reason can't imagine Mm -hmm. so my personal websites are pretty nice i'm very proud of them i think they're very good if if there's a bug that's just because i'm i'm tired and haven't had a chance to fix that bug yet but yeah like my main website jared.art is Really cool. I've done a very nice job on it. I don't think any other service can present my comics as well as I can, so I'm very picky about this shit. And uh, you know, being as like, like the medium, the the primary like format that I create is is indie comic books. Like I put them online. But every, I, everything I make will be printed. And they make them in pages to, that you read a page and you turn and you read another page. So that can absolutely be on the internet just fine. But I need to be able to present it the way I want to present it. Like, for example, uh, in the first chapter of, of Wild of Azaleas, I had a two-page spread that I illustrated. Like I taped two pages together and drew it as two pages uh, my pages are my, my actual physical pages are 11 by 17 inches. So that was 22 by 17 inches It's a big thing. I had I taped it down the back so I could fold it when I put it away. It's very nice. So I can make a little exception on that page where each page. So first of all, I can make it so my pages are all like scroll horizontally instead of vertically because I just make my website that way. And then I, when I get to that page, I can say, okay, for that page specifically, put them up close to each other instead of having like space between them so they look like a spread. Doing it myself, I've got the power to do that. The platform du jour will always have its limitations. And that's not its fault. Technology works best if you are specific about like all the details. So we- Webtoon was intended to read i believe primarily romantic web comics on a cell phone or a smartphone so that you could just scroll through them vertically and get through an entire chapter and that format is not for me but i've seen a lot of people for whom it is for and have done really cool things with it i think format and and the frame that you need to that you need to fit your 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 artwork into can actually accentuate what you're creating. It can actually benefit it. If, if, if it's, the, it's the right con- construct for you. I'm looking at Webtoon, and I think it's a good platform for some. I think its extreme popularity is kind of a bummer for some whom it's not the right tool for. Mm-hmm. That, it, that's kind of a shame. And I don't begrudge the platform for that, I begrudge that everybody wants to get their comics in one place, and this particular platform was really meant for one particular type of comics. And people are finding, comic creators are finding themselves having to change what they want to make in order to be on the platform that is hot right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not new. Just a minute ago, I was talking about how when I was first thinking about you know, oh, I've got ideas in my head and comics are the right, uh, right tool to tell those, those ideas. My options were superhero comic book, newspaper comic strip, both of which are incredibly limiting for a number of reasons. And neither was the right tool for me. Uh, if things never changed, I would never have had a really good place to, to make my comics. Fortunately, the world did change, and there's a lot more options. So, we have a friend. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name drop on this one. So, but uh, we had a friend who was a uh, who was putting their web comic on on webtoon, but really wanted to make a comic book, and came to hang out with our crew. Uh, several of which, many of us have printed a comic book. I have. Kyle, Kyle has uh, a a lot of our a lot of our friends in the in the Seattle indie comic crew have have printed a book or, or two in their time. And, and I was like, oh yeah, come hang out with us. We'll talk about what, you, what you've got and what we can do to like, turn it into a book because we've got a lot of collective experience at this. And it was just kind of a frustrating bummer because they made strips that used the vertical format really well to tell incredibly good jokes, but those jokes just could not translate to a printed medium. And, and we, we brainstormed for a while on how to solve some of those puzzles, but it's just like, no, he they uh they made the comic for the medium and th- and then they were just kind of stuck there. They actually kind of gave up on that comic and tried s- another one for a little while. Uh, I think they're back to it for now, but I haven't heard from that particular friend for a bit. um I hope they're doing well that's the kind of bummer that happens when you when you chase a trend that's not the right trend for you is you you find yourself stuck in a place that you that you're limited and and with, with, a, with a tool that's not actually serving you, but instead just, just harming you. Newspaper comics were popular for an extraordinary long time. There are some webcomic artists uh, who, who make comics as newspaper strips because they love the medium, because they love the, the panel format. And it's like, no, that's the way that I want to tell my story. That's the way I want to tell jokes. And that's awesome. But the internet lets you pick that and choose that. It doesn't bind you to it. Thoughts?
1: Uh it's just even though it's uh, it's not quite one to one, punchline is death even, sorta of based on closer to newspaper paper comics than a lot of the other formats out there. But yeah. I uh yeah, the 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 person you mentioned who um formatted their comic entirely for Webtoons. See, that, that's exactly what I find most tragic, because it's someone who wanted to print their comic, uh, probably wanted to from the beginning, but designed it for something else. It, to a certain extent, I feel like that's the same thing as someone who has a great idea for a story, sells it to a company to get it made, but loses creative control because of that.
0: As is happening to many animators right now, what a fucking bummer.
1: Yeah. That's why I'm anti-industry. <laughs> but the good thing about the internet as it is now is there is a way to reach the audience for the thing that you make. Mm. It is not an easy problem to solve, but there is someone. if there is someone out there who will like your thing, which probably there is, you can find them now,
0: somehow. It's just tricky. Yeah. There's a cautionary tale that this kind of reminds me of. Um, I've had friends that
2: delved into adult-oriented commissions that made money.
0: It also locked them (laughs) to being adult-oriented content uh, creators. And that's why you use a pen name. That is why you use a pen name. Now, that's an extreme example and and yes a pen name or some other you know constructs like that would 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 mitigate that but it's it's a it's probably like yeah it is an extreme example of what it of what we're talking about where you get you you buy in to this format this art style this uh this trend and maybe it's it's the one that that suits you that you can maintain that you can keep up with maybe it's the one that's uh, I, I don't like it, but I can I can just bite the bullet and do it. And then you realize you're trapped there, or you're stuck there or uh, and this is kind of the really rough part about about the modern Internet is uh, you uh, you become really good at you kill yourself to follow one particular trend. And then the algorithm owners say, OK, we're not rewarding that anymore because we need to do this for our monetary purposes. And then suddenly the thing that you create is no longer like re- automatically rewarded. Mm-hmm. A g- example of this is animators on YouTube, where the, f- the original algorithm uh, would pay you when you monetize your videos it would pay you per view. And so uh, this was great for animators because everyone that watched that, they put a lot of work into a, into a little cartoon sh- uh, episode or whatever. People would watch it. They, that's, a, that's a watch. You got money for that. This was also heavily exploited by uh, click, clickbait uh, creators who would put a pretty lady on the thumbnail and then just do whatever bullshit. People were like, well, this isn't actually anything, and then leave, but because somebody viewed it, they got the click. They got the money. So YouTube made a change and said, okay, instead of number of views, we're going to start paying for minutes watched. This is actually why uh, Let's, like, Let's Plays became incredibly rewarding because you could create content of, I'm going to put it on a video game and, and let people hang out and watch it uh created a lot of minutes very effectively and efficiently and if you were a somewhat entertaining person then you would get found and get watched and get monetized but if you were an animator you can't produce that many minutes Mm -hmm. and the amount of money you make dropped because you the the effort required to create one minute of payable uh of monetized, monetized like like youtube film is way more work for an animator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To be honest, this is kind of why uh, we were, you might have noticed, we had a little bit of a different intro than the past. Uh, we were having a bit of a discussion on how, like, uh, previously you wanted me to, you know, bring up that I made comics and podcasts, mm-hmm. but I find the idea of limiting myself to a particular medium, even two mediums, terrifying. Yes. Uh, because I, I want to make something of everything,
0: <laughs>
1: that is uh, that. That's uh, well, not one hundred percent correct. That it's it's best to simply assume that is my uh,
0: my goal. And and I uh, I pushed you on this. I suggested, well, what about you know the one that you uh you know the one that you're working on right now or whatever that you're promoting right now, so you can shift it up. And uh, and I think like what you came up with is actually the correct choice, which is that like mm-hmm. no, you as a content creator are uh are a um a salesman of sad things yep no matter what i make it will be sad a merchant of melancholy mm-hmm. i can't think of any more damn it <laughs> so yeah it's it's a lot more authentic you you can actually say like no that you create many things but they're primarily sad and and that's mm-hmm. that's really does summarize you and your brand quite well i think so did we talk about all four of the types that I mentioned? We talked about which, which production uh, platform you're on. We talked about which art style. Uh, we talked about the algorithm. What was the
2: fourth? I have forgotten. What's new and hot right now? What is new and hot right now? So, I...
0: A purveyor of pain says Squirrel Horde. That's good. <laughs> so, I make art because I got ideas in my brain and I need to do something with them. That's why I make art. I'm very unlikely to care about what type of art is be- is popular right now, what-, what the hot trend is because I know what I want to make and I think you do as well. Mm-hmm. What this puts me in mind of is a lot of my Twitch friends who are just artists for artists sake and they will draw uh, a lot of commissions a lot of fan art a lot of what's a lot of what's hot i remember for the past couple of years it's been uh like like genshin impact waifus are very high on the popularity list and 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 continue to be i think like a lot of uh the the young folks that i hung that i hang around and watch are uh that's a bad sounding sentence uh, a lot of a lot of the, the younger folks than me that, that have Twitch streams are very big into Genshin Impact. It's a it's a good game to play as a as a group and, and they watch their um they 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 draw the waifus, they draw the, 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 the pretty characters and that's like a major trend among a lot of uh, Twitch artists. And then there's what's, what came out, what's what's new, what's what's uh what's interesting. It, Cult of the lamb, that was big for a little while splatoon people are drawing their squid kids again <sighs> that's fine that that works for a lot of these folks and that gets them a lot of attention uh i can't do that <laughs> i've got i've got sketchbooks to fill i've got comic pages to make i've got uh a uh, gift art that i want to work on and so i'm actually very specific in the type of art i create and i'm certainly not the only one uh we have a a, a fellow that's that's rated us a couple of times that is entirely uh, an ink on paper surrealist artist and does really mm. cool horrifying stuff um his name is escaping me right now because i'd, I'd love to, to name drop him but unfortunately i can't remember it off the top of my head yeah chasing trends will serve you if it's the kind of art you like to make if you want to just if you just want to draw pretty pictures and you want to draw what people are looking at right now absolutely go for it but if you don't want to do that then you can be me, uh, hang out with these people that are are trend chasers and are making really, really pretty pictures of really, really popular things, and they'd be like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm making a comic book. What, really? That sounds like a lot of work. Uh, Yeah, it is. uh, What what do you use? Oh, just pen on paper. For real? I'm only a digital (laughs) artist. And it's like, these things that are very commonplace to be are like really impressive to other people. And so... Where I really find my, uh, you know, my rather rather than having to chase trends to get popularity, just making friends and and saying, oh, what do you do? Oh, well, this is what I do. And 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 network on that level, person to person is a lot more rewarding. And I don't have to chase a single trend to do so. Mm-hmm. It's really nice, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. To that end, um, I definitely think my audience is more similarly about making friends first, Make Get, engaging with people, and to a certain extent, being a personality, mm-hmm. and then selling what I do from there. Like I, honestly, that's sort of how I am with art too. Like I, I, I gravitate towards musicians I've met, I, and and just generally artists that I can actually like have a conversation with when I'm.
0: I do also love that. Shiny <laughs> Zubat says, "Friend, friend," and see, I also get just some really cool friends from that too. Uh, we need some, we need some, we need to organize some community video games. That sounds fun. We should. Mm-hmm. I, we've got one, we've got one. Scott. Yeah, we Set do, up. we do. When is that? Uh,
1: I think the 23rd, I think next Friday.
0: Cool, 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 cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm excited about that. We're going to play, we're going to play, um, uh, Don't Starve. So don't Starve. Yeah. Don't Starve together. I'll try and get some
1: promotional stuff up for it, hopefully.
0: So I'm feeling pretty. I feel like when we broached this topic, I was a little worried that we would be entirely anti-trend chasing. But I feel like we've come to a really, really comfortable place, which is that you don't need to chase every trend. You can chase some trends, and the better ones to chase are typically the ones that Click with you that work with you Mm -hmm. that feel right for you. You don't need to chase the now trend that's hot but doesn't really make sense to you, because another will come and it might be way better for you.
2: Mm -hmm. Make the art you want to make. You probably won't die. No, that's not the. It's not the end of the episode. It's not the end of the episode, but it was too good of a setup. (laughs)
0: Uh. Today is September 15th, 2022, and I found some really cool comics on Kickstarter, and I think you should check them out because they're great. And the first one I found is called Fallen World by Elijah Ledin, Uh, a self-taught artist, which is very close to my own heart. I love it when people just learn to draw, just do thing, just go. Let's see. After a deadly fire that destroyed her village as a child, Ariya was left as a lone survivor. Many years later, she decides to visit the graveyard of her old home. She finds a mysterious box left behind at her parents' gravestone. Araya and her husband, Clint, set out to find uh, what the box contained. Meanwhile, the queen, of the, the queen of the land, Ursula, begins to hunt the pair down as they are beginning to ask questions that they shouldn't be asking. Very straightforward fantasy adventure very cool like i love the art is very just simple shapes flat colors really cool emotion with with really just basic didn't take a lot doesn't take a lot of art to or a lot of a lot of detail just get what these characters are doing what the what the characters are feeling uh, and then you have a moment where you just see her hair and it just like every strand is drawn so very very cool art very cool for a for a self-taught artist i love seeing that happen brand new kickstarter only a few bucks contributed so far uh only looking for about 1800 translated from canadian into american so yeah just a couple of backers so far so just needs that 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 first push to to get some eyes on it so people see hey hey this is a cool one next up i have I i love this title Green Knight Street Fight in the Alpha Zone
2: by Hobbs Hullock. Kyle, you ever played a fighting game? A little bit. I'm bad at it. I love
0: I love that this comic has the words street, fight, and alpha in it. <laughs> I suspect there may have been some influences. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love the cartoony. This is like this is like a not Saturday morning cartoon show, but just like... What the... What... Is it? I'm not thinking Cartoon Network. I'm trying to think of what particular type of cartoon this reminds me of. I think, I think it's a particular era of Disney that this is, this is putting me in mind of. Um, okay, so what is this about? What happens when the Green Knight of Arthurian legend comes crashing into an arcade in the year 1992? Ernie and his friends just wanted to have a fun afternoon at the local arcade, but then, as if their favorite game had come to life, the Green Knight of Arthurian legend comes smashing into their lives with a time-traveling quest to save the future. Their objective? Stop the evil knight Mordred from killing the Earth Goddess in the year 2123 in a place known only as the Alpha Zone. Yeah, I think this guy has watched some cartoons in his life. Maybe, maybe a cartoon or two, and possibly also played a fighting game that's my suspicion as far as where this, where this may have been inspired by. Okay. So yeah, again, just another, another brand new out of the gate Kickstarter. We're at a little over 500 looking for 3,800, very reachable goal, totally doable. Share it, like it, like it, back it. It needs, it needs that early push. This guy is actually also a puppeteer.
1: I am uh, uh curious. I am curious about this one. Uh, why specifically the allusion to the Green Knight and how that plays in? That it, or is that just a,
0: a thing that they're, they're using? He seems like the guy. He <laughs> says, I have traveled through time, th- I have traveled through the very fabric of time to fight the, find the greatest knights of Camelot. Who dares answer the call of the Green Knight?
2: Yo, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, let's go. I'll get in the portal. Fuck it, let's go. Okay. Uh, next
0: one I've got is Blood and Fire, A Samurai Tale by Aaron Rabluski. This is a really cool art. I love it. Uh, black and white with, with spots of red, definitely doing like sort of the, uh, the, um, the Sin City thing where you just pick a color and use it as an accent and blood in a samurai story is definitely the color to pick. Very yeah, lots of lots of lots of ink detail. Uh, we've got like like a snowy field, so they're using white as as a as a negative space in a and like ink wash fades just to have people in the distance. You see using that to describe like the the guy who's definitely real and sad and kneeling and about to get murdered by a katana with like ghosts in front of him. Very dark and pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's read about this one. Sixteenth century Japan. The country is in chaos. After centuries of rule, the central government has lost control, plunging the country into a bloody civil war. Anarchy reigns as warlords seek power and territory. Nakaki serves his lord and master, Ishida Nobutaka, with loyalty and honor. A messenger arrives, summoning Nobutaka to visit his dying brother, second eldest. He would leave Nobutaka, this would leave Nobutaka ruler. Nakaki leaves his loving wife and daughter uh, to accompany his lord, but arriving at Lord Ishida's castle, they are betrayed. Barely escaping, Nakaki goes beyond blood and fire to seek his revenge. Yep. That is a samurai with a bow and arrow. I think this guy might have read a book about samurais. I have not read many books about samurais, but I know that bow and arrow were way more important than most of our, our katana-loving uh, fandom have, have given appreciation to. This is very pretty. Mm-hmm. This is very nice. Oh, I love the I love the settings. I love the people.
1: It is interesting to me. Historically, uh, swords seem to be more the sidearm of of the uh, medieval soldier rather than the main weapon.
0: But we always think of it as like the main. Well, they're cool thing. They are cool and and very expensive. So only a few people would have them anyway. uh, Where are we at with this one? Oh, that's that's looking very nice. Uh, Almost a thousand of twenty three hundred goal with forty five backers. Good, good early push. Glad to see it. Uh, just needs a little bit more to get to that, that nice, that, that sweet spot of, of half in the first few days. So good to work on that one. This is uh first two chapters are in this. Awesome. And then the last one I've got is The Cave, C-A-Y-V-E, a mythological detective story by Tarok Tarhandai. Again, really cool art. This is... Hmm. Almost a pop style. Like, lots of big, solid color, but tons of detail on the faces. Tons of detail. Like, using really bold shapes to make really, really dynamic moments. Uh, a picture right here of a guy waking up from a dream that clearly involves, like, somebody like dying in a big red pit. And this, this pit is like mold, molding out of a tree that someone else is standing on top of. It's surreal and crazy. And then in the net, very next page, it goes right back to reality where the guy's waking up and washing his face. What on earth could this one be about? Inspired by Persian and Zoroastrian myths and legends, The Cave is a mythological detective story set in the modern world where the gods, ancient heroes, and villains are all involved in our detective's last case. Our protagonist, Zhao, has failed to catch the serial killer of his last case for 10 years. Where his wife was also killed by the same killer, he's been seeing dreams and nightmares for years without knowing the meaning. Until the day he decides to trust his visions, follow them, and find out he's been looking for the wrong evidence all these years. His chase for the killer ends up in a mysterious cave, an alive being which senses the people who enter and notices their worthlessness. Hey, Kyle, do you like dark things? I do have a penchant for it. That's a super cool premise. Uh, And the art is like the, the motion and the action in this is is spot on. And with like still really actually impressively realistically drawn people. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, barely gotten any attention. Get But get some love on this, please. This is amazing. This is an incredible one. Only, only a couple of bucks towards a $2,000 goal. 2000 again, like, all of these are super achievable goals. These are all within the, the realm of possibility. There's no reason all four of these can't make it. Get some, it, it, back them, link them, share them, please. Let, let people know that these things are happening. And uh, Kyle, if people wanted to check these out, where would they find links? You can find them in the show notes or on your Twitter account. Which is at Ironoki. I'll be posting links to these all next week.
2: I love this man's horrible teeth.
0: Which one? Which one? Which one?
2: Uh, the Deve concept art on uh, in
0: the cave. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down, uh, Zal. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pop that back on. This guy.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, there sure are some horrible teeth. That's a pretty lady. I like girls.
0: <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the tree motifs in this are fucking nuts. There's stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. I would, I would like to know what's up in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then we have entered. We've, we've, we've made it to the third part, the third act of our show.
1: Let's see. And other news, uh. I can't remember if this ever actually made it onto the show or not, but uh, I was planning on doing some tarot cards for a Kickstarter yeah, 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 in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not happening this October. They're too expensive. They are. Printing is dumb. Yeah, um, I probably like I'm confident I could raise the amount of money it would take. It's just if I have to raise that amount of money in this particular phase of my career, I'd prefer it to be like one of my main projects. Um, that said, I still need to do a Kickstarter in October, uh, so I'm going to try out doing a fundraiser for something anachronistic-related. I mentioned it earlier, but anachronistic is my fiction podcast. Really popular. Um, do not make money. <laughs> uh, people definitely want a season two, but just it making money directly from ad revenue did was not a thing. But I have since... Uh, created a budget for what i'd need to make season two and my plan was to wait off until i was making quite a bit more on patreon before i i did season two but frankly at the rate that's going it's it's going to be longer than i want to wait for it uh so my plan is in february actually maybe doing a kickstarter for season two but until then i've got a christmas special i've been meaning to write and do a uh performance of. So I'm going to kickstart that in October and see how that goes. Uh, And if it goes super well, what makes over the goal? I mean, like in addition to like some to me because I need money to live, but uh, I'm pretty much just setting up a pot for anachronistic season two. And uh, yeah, that'll narrow down how much I need for season two. And uh, hopefully I'll just have a Kickstarter in February that'll finish it off. That's the plan anyways.
0: Yay. I have no Kickstarters to announce, but some I really want to do because I do need to print chapter one of of Wild Azaleas, and I do need to print Overjoyed. Yeah, you do. (sighs) (laughs) Cover. It's just the cover. I just need to make a cover. That's it. Mm -hmm. If If I can do that, then I can print overjoyed. You should do that.
2: I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, school says of note, while it did not make money off of ad revenue anachronistic did get you at least one donor on Patreon. So technically it did make some money. Yeah. I, um, uh, I, I actually fell into my own trap. I try and ward people away from where I, I am saying that it made nothing when it did. In fact, it got me at least two Patreon patrons. I think, uh, and it did make a little bit of money on ad revenue and made like 20 bucks. But uh, I'm going to be real with some numbers here. Uh, I will need like $6,000 set aside for season two, even including all of my patrons who, who helped uh, fund the first season of, of Anachronistic uh, and the ad revenue. I still probably made about $1,000 tops and it just it was a whole it was a whole lot of work. It was a whole lot of work to make season 1. I'm super proud of it. But it would be fiscally irresponsible of me to make it without some make season 2 without some more guaranteed income. Not not only for my own sake, but for Fable's being a big one cuz Fable put about as much work into it as I did and uh I did help Fable out with some of their projects, but um I need more. <laughs> Uh, scroller it says truly i am surprised it would only cost 6k it's it, I I would describe that as the minimum i need to make the thing it, it like it's I, I i would say it's worth more than 6k but in order for me to make it i would need that so yeah that's that's kind of the uh the plan there now my biggest kickstarter um was like a little less than 4k, so it's pretty uh scary to think of raising that much money, which is kind of why I want to do a test case with this special. Which uh, I mean, like, I don't not going to confirm this for sure, yet, but I'm it's probably going to be about uh 2500, uh, which is oh no, probably around like it, it's quite a bit smaller than my past couple of Kickstarters. Uh, I, I think it's a very doable goal. It is less content than the whole second season would be, but it's also like there's a bit more physical costs with the special because I am planning on taking it on a like little mini performance tour. And I'm also so essentially I'm raising up eno- enough money for uh, the uh, <laughs> the gas money, essentially, um, possibly some venue reservations, that, that sort of thing. But it's also like a test case to see if. Uh, this is something that works on Kickstarter. I, I did look at it, it does look like podcasts and radio is a is a thriving um, thriving thing on Kickstarter. Uh, I'll, I, I'll admit I'm very nervous. And if it doesn't go through, uh, I'll be in deep job
0: hunting mode again. But I'm pretty optimistic I can at least make that goal. Cool. I think you do it. I mean, that's a, that's an amount that like. Our immediate community can mm-hmm. can reach. For I'm,
1: you. I'm much more worried about the season two goal mm. than the the special goal. I, I see that's the thing. I, I'm I get worried when it's only the immediate community like donating to me. Like uh, the of this light season two Kickstarter was almost only people with like one or two exceptions. It was almost only people that had donated to the first one. And don't get me wrong. Like I. The The support is incredibly welcome. I'm very thankful. But I get worried about audience fatigue. I get worried about not growing. So I, I really hope that it finds some new listeners with a new Kickstarter campaign. I'm ner- I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous about it. I'm always nervous about fundraising and Kickstarters, but I don't know. I just feel the need
0: to uh, voice voice that nervousness. That's a good place for that. I'm going to do the sign-off. Are you ready? Yep. All right, folks. Uh, trends will come and go. Some of them might be the right trend for you. Some of them, just let them pass, because another one will, 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 be, will be better for you. One, stick to the trends that really serve you. Don't kill yourself trying to chase one that, that doesn't work for you. And if you got a good idea to draw, you should draw it. You probably won't die.